I'm Ephraim Cooper. And I'm Cooper Allen. And this, this is, is the, the Ephraim, Ephraim Cooper, Cooper Allen Show. Show. We're three for three, man. <laughs> three for three. Three for three. Yeah, we've recorded um about three episodes now without taking at least a month to get another one out. <laughs> so that I think <laughs> low standards yeah. is all I gotta say. But I mean, we we but we're we're getting we're back getting back in the game. We are getting know? back in the game. I yes. guess we're we're good. We're here to take over the podcast game. <laughs> take it over. Yes, just completely just wrecking havoc. Yes. Yeah. So. uh what what have you been up to since the last time we uh, talked here? Uh, you know, I've been uh, pretty busy. Um, I've been doing a just kind of been hanging out at home. You know, I've been uh, recently. I finished. Um, what was it? I re- I just recently finished recording an audition for the orchestra that I'm a part of. Um, okay. I it's called MYS, which is Minnesota Youth Symphonies, and they have four orchestras. Um, I auditioned for repertory. So is that the most? Best. It's not the best. Um, it's like second best. Okay. The best is symphony orchestra, which is collegiate level. So is that? Oh, it's, you have to be in college to do that. Well, you're not. You don't need to be in college um, to do it. But a lot of the music is college level. So like you're gonna do it next year? Probably. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see how much. Um, I've. <laughs> we'll see how much skill I've gained after this year. Repertory was pretty hard in and of itself. So. I mean, really. Okay. Yeah. It was a really. It was a pretty tough audition. Um, for for you classical music heads out there, <laughs> <laughs> the audition was the I think it was the fourth movement of Brahms um Brahms that's his name yeah. <laughs> a lot of composers have wacky names like you got your Vivaldi you got your Eccles you got your Kuzvitsky Shostakovich yeah Kuzvitsky is wow. a fire double bass player so don't hate double man. bass yeah he plays double bass is that what you play yeah I do play double okay. bass represent <laughs> bass game okay what's the difference between a double and a single bass there's, <laughs> there's no such thing as a single bass. So why do they call it a double bass? I don't bass? know, man. I'm Google it or something. I don't know why it's called that. Huh. Most people just refer to it as like an upright bass, but like the classical term is like double bass. Okay. But I can tell you the difference between an electric and a double bass. Well, I know the difference between those two. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a little bit more know. obvious. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if a single bass exists. I mean, I can Google it right now. It's just a, a double bass cut in half. Honestly, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's no such thing. Interesting. So, sorry, man. Well, have you been up to anything else? I've been uh, preparing for college. Yeah, it's... A, I know your moving days uh not that far. September first. Wow, man. Starting college on the the first of the month. I feel like it's a good time. Yeah, I know. I think it's a uh, it's it's gonna be pretty hype, man. I'm excited. We're gonna have to uh, adjust. If we have troubles, if yeah. if our podcast in the coming months sound a little funky, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're gonna be testing some things out to make sure we can get only the best recorded episodes for you guys. So. If you have any tips or tricks, yeah, you can so always uh, you leave can, us a message. Or you can, yeah, you can leave us a message on Anchor or tweet at us on our amazing Twitter <laughs> that we're going to post more on at the ECA show. That's at the capital EC. Wait, no, the, at, <laughs> I got this. Uh, at the capital E-C-A-S-H-O-W. Yes. Well, the H-O-W is in capital, but you know what I mean. Just look it up and uh, <laughs> you'll find it. Yeah, you will. You certainly will. Um, yeah, what else have I been up to? I've been camping a lot. Oh, yeah, I thought, I heard, you told me we were going to go camping this weekend. We will talk more about that camping trip, but 
It's been packed, man. No one can do anything else, so really? camping is booked. Yeah. All the oh, way. yeah, nobody, nothing else left to do except camp. All right, it's the only <laughs> safe option, right? Exactly. <laughs> the best way to socially distance. Exactly, just yeah. this somewhere else. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's kind of just hanging out. Um, what else I've been up to? You know, I have been, over the past, like, two weeks or so, I've been getting a lot into cardistry and playing cards. Actually, really? Yeah, I, I know. I I've plan- been following the Reddit for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I think playing cards are really sick. Like, I found this distributor called the King of Cards, I think. The King of Cards. That's yes. I know. They make um, a variety of playing cards that look really sick. I thought bicycles cards were sick, but no. they're bad. these... Bicycle has nothing on, <laughs> yeah, on these, cards. These guys have just are insane. They have this specific deck I've been looking at called Zone 2018 that was released in 2018 that is really sick looking. I hope they have images. This is- Oh, that is sick. I know. It looks absolutely crazy. I think it looks really awesome. And I'm probably gonna pick up a pack or so. They're centered- How much more expensive are they? They are 15 pounds, so they're more expensive. 15 pounds? Yeah, I don't know- Those are some heavy heavy cards. (laughs) Yeah, well, the the company is based in the UK, so- I got that. (laughs) You you got it. Uh, Yeah, but they're playing cards. The designs on these cards look absolutely awesome. The the other side of it? Yeah, sure. Oh, we should post this on our Twitter. Yeah, I know. These look awesome. You see? Like the king. Oh, oh my god. This looks so slick, man. They do look you slick. You see that? The ten of hearts, you know? Okay. Am so I, have you yeah. been starting to like practice and stuff, or have you just been watching? Um, I've been watching. I follow the uh, bicycle cards Instagram, so I'm gonna try it and see if I can learn some like, card tricks if I can, because those are really sick. Like, a, like they have like a specific series going on where they sh- teach people how to do tricks and stuff, and I oh, think that's, that's cool. really cool. So I'm probably gonna watch the videos, you know, try them out. Um, see if I can get something going. But a lot of these cards are absolutely insane. Like this grid design, it's it's essentially like more computerized. It's un, it's an unconventional design, but like, I think this looks cool too. I would get it. I think it's, it kind of has like a- It has more of like a, like a card, like a board game feel. Yeah, like it looks sort of like more glitchy to me, if that makes sense. And they have a variety of cards too that are meant for like magic tricks as well. This one isn't, but, um, this is for still like, this it's, is it's a lot for magic, you know? Yeah. Like the designs on the front are meant for It makes magic. it look cooler, yeah. Yeah. You, when you like do fans and stuff. Yeah, exactly. You, oh man, if you can learn this stuff, <laughs> it'd be so cool. Oh uh, yeah. It I just takes so much practice. Yeah, it's it's a hard thing to learn. I've, I've seen like magicians or cardists, people that specialize in cards spending like months or weeks, hours it's, just practicing Just to get tricks. one thing done, yeah. yeah. But if you can do it, man, get some cool shuffles going. Yeah, I think some... it'd be worth it, man. Like, especially, just Party. imagine we're playing Dutch Blitz or something. Exactly, and, and like... you just pull out a <laughs> yeah. crazy build. Yeah, just... <laughs> I can see Insane it. Insane trick. Uh, wow. Yeah, these well. are, gosh, there are just so many that I'd want to get. Like, they all look so, like oh, this yeah. one, bro. Like, this one, especially for cardistry. That would be, so, that one would look really cool. good. Yeah, the swirls. Yeah. I th- we have to uh, when we get rich off this podcast, we just buy all the cards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just completely, just get rid of all their stock. Yeah, exactly. Buy it all. Buy the company. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Invest>. <laughs> I like it. So Cooper, as you know, it's we a lot of the world's coming out of quarantine. 
right? Yes, a lot of it is, and yes. a lot of it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At least in, uh, you know, our part of the of the globe, we are, uh, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there we're eventually. Getting there. Yeah. But yes, I had to, yes, a lot of yeah. people were in lockdown for a long time. Yes, but recently. a lot of awesome music has come out during quarantine as well. I think I'd argue that this has been a very prolific and potentially creative year for a lot of musicians and artists. I agree that's prolific, but I'm, I was a little disappointed with the, they're all just about quarantine, but Yeah, I feel you. Which I was a you. lot of... I, I, if I, after I lived through quarantine for two months, I don't want to listen to quarantine <laughs> yeah, songs. Exactly, exactly. But, like, give me a year and I'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. I think a lot of, a, a majority of the case with a lot of those quarantine albums is that they're not going to age that well, you know? I agree. People will look back in, like, 2029 um, when this pandemic initially happened and be like, oh, you remember all that music that came out during quarantine as well, man? Oh, you remember that Charlie XCX album? <laughs> yeah. Oh, like... It's not it. I, I, I agree, um, but you know, for now, it's doing pretty good. But yeah, so relating to that, I have a small collection of records and albums I've listened to throughout quarantine, that or that have come out during be, quarantine. Because of quarantine. Or yeah, have be, came out because of quarantine. Okay. Um, and you know, it's I. it'd be cool to have this as a recurring series, because there have been a lot of albums that have came out because and during quarantine. Uh, that I think uh, it'd be a core recurring segment for you guys and for us to you know chat about. Let us know if you want more of this. Yeah, if you want to hear more of this, you can always tweet at us or send us a message on Anchor. You can always feel free to give us some suggestions through there as well. I'm down to talk about them. I don't know. I don't know if you've. We talked a little bit th- about th- these records before um, we started recording. I showed Cooper a song from. Yeah, each of them. I, so I listened to each of them. So yeah, you might want to after we mention the name of the record, you could pause us and go listen to it real yeah, quick for real. if you wanted to. Otherwise, just just have a good time and listen, yeah, listen exactly. with us. So this first album I'm going to talk about is called Can't Complain. Can't Complain. By a band called uh, Kill Lincoln. I almost said Lincoln Park. Oh. That would have been bad. <laughs> <laughs> a completely different styles. I feel like I do love the music you listen to because the names are so hot. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I remember <laughs> telling you when we were listening to this that I, I just saw your reaction. Kill Lincoln. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> It's a pretty wacky name. Um, Do they have songs about, like, Lincoln? I, no? I, no, not that I re- think of. You know, yeah. I've listened to I listened to a majority of their records. They've only released three so far, Studio Okay, albums. so they're pretty new. Yes, and this Can't Complain record came out seven years after their last one. Holy fright. I know, so it's been a little bit since the last one. They might have died right along with it. <laughs> yeah, the last album was That's Cool, dot, 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 in a totally negative and destructive way. <laughs> yeah, I know, kind of a totally a subtle title. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a great record. I like it. Um, I don't come back to it as often, but I mean, there are some awesome songs on here. So how long was this record? Um, this record is 33 minutes. That's pretty short. Yeah, it is re- relatively short. And this new album, Can't Complain, is only 29 minutes, you know? It's also so it's, pretty short. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like a quick punch and you're out, you know? Yeah, just the, a little... The album that came before That's Cool is called You Were There. And the thing with You Were There is that it's a lot more what I'd describe as kind of like um, a progressive record, if that makes sense. It's only 33 minutes, but some of the passages... It's also shorter, but that's... That's a different case. It's 33 okay. minutes, but a lot of the songs feel very, very elaborate, if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. A song that I would describe as that would be Clark Gable. Clark one of my, Gable. Yes, one of my favorite songs on the record. And 
A song goes through multiple phases and passages throughout. The start is just simply a bassled intro with drums, these driving drums, you know, get you going, you yeah. know, get the circle pit going. Um, and it's Watch just, it. yeah, it's just, just, you know, it's a great hype intro. And then when the guitars come in, that's where everything just goes completely nuts. Like, it's, it's just absolutely crazy. Okay. And then the last about a minute and a half is a build-up to an amazing breakdown. Okay, like, every everything's just going insane. What, was it, what song is this? It's called Clark Gable. It's only four minutes and 22 seconds. Okay, I can listen. Yeah, but like <laughs> the last about minute and a half is um, yeah this big huge build up. build up and the um, what's it called the breakdown is just absolutely insane and I don't think I mentioned this yet but Kill Lincoln is a ska punk band if you guys haven't heard them yet if you guys didn't know I'm a big fan of ska I've talked yeah. about it with Cooper a lot as, as well as his brother Grant and they both know I'm a huge fan of ska I, I listen to it almost the, every day the ska master. Yeah, I love the genre. I think it's awesome, and there are so many great things you can do with it. And Kill Lincoln's a great example. Um, another example I would give of the progressive direction they went on that first record was Look What You Did, open parenthesis, You Little Jerk, close parenthesis. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun title. Um, okay. But yeah, it's essentially... It's not as it's more of a simple pop punk number rather than it is a ska one. The horns are still there, and the, the horns are my favorite part of Clark Gable, especially on that breakdown. But look what you did, little jerk, or you little jerk rather. Yeah. Um, it's more of a like I said, pop punk number with these driving guitars, awesome whoa whoa kind of you know millennial yeah, yeah. chorus vocals, just generally kind of stuff to get you hyped, get you going. And can't complain is kind of a. Uh, well, they by this time, they've kind of ditched the progressive element in favor of a more straightforward pop-punk ska sound. Okay. And, um, you know, there's still moments where it bleeds through, but I'd say this record is one of my favorites so far. I think that you were there, and that's cool. Kind of have a... There are songs I don't really care for on those records. You know? Yeah. And I think Can't Complain is one of their more consistent ones. You, you like know, it better? Yeah. They, they, they've got into a, a good point in their yeah, career. Yeah, exactly. See, the intro, Greetings from Inner Space, is an amazing intro with kind of like these spacey kind of, you know, like... Yeah, that type of... Like yeah, spaceships yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and then it all... Well, I wouldn't describe it as a spaceship, but it feels like it. Then you're just instantly transported into this barrage of horns, guitars, and everything's going, and it's just so amazing. One of the singles for the record, Ignorance is Bliss, which is another one of my favorites on the record okay. is really awesome and it's only over in a minute and a half oh well, that's a quick song i know so uh yeah the song starts with the saxophonist's vocals not the guitarist's his name his nickname is food food um, yeah he's he's how, a homie how, oh see how many uh band members are there um do you know see if i remember they have Mike, their guitarist, and I'll get to Mike in a second because he's super cool. Okay. Then we have Food, the um, saxophonist. Food. Ume. Such a good name. <laughs> yeah, I know. We have Ume, who plays the trombone. Okay. And I think that's it in terms of the horn section. I'm not entirely sure. Then they have CJ, who is their awesome bassist. And then they have a drummer, who I unfortunately can't remember. Their, their so Mike name. is the only guy with the, with the normal name. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> you can say it like that. Um, and like I said, I'll talk about Mike in a minute. Okay. But Kill Lincoln in general are just like these really awesome guys. Like I said, they are centered in D.C. Um, oh, wait. I was going to see who played on the record. So that's Food over there. He's looking at Ume. That's CJ. And that's Mike over there. Okay. Um, and I think... 
Oh yeah, the drummer's name is Tyler Rogers. And okay. also, here's my favorite part about this band, okay? What's your favorite part? They have a member who does nothing but dance. Okay? <laughs> it's awesome. His name is Drew. They kind of went into a Mighty Mighty Boss Tones direction because the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones are another ska band. And they have a guy who just does nothing but dance on stage. So, like, anytime they perform. Yeah. It's That's just, awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. So, Drew's, like, a really sick guy. And, you know, he's also contributed to the gang vocals on the record. Um... But he, you know, that's not his, like, thing. That's not his thing, from what I understand. Yeah, it's, it's like, he's just there to create hype, you know? It's even yeah. there on the no. whole thing. Hype man is always necessary. Yeah, like, exactly. Like Never underestimate your hype man. Exactly. It's just, you know, you just gotta go. Um, other highlights on this record, like I said, I brought up Ignorance is Bliss, which is an amazing track. It ends in a ska, kind of like a... Uh, what, how do I want to describe this? Kind of like a scotch mellow ending. Okay. But you know, it starts off high energy and it just rips from the first second. Another track I want to talk about is called Civil in Surgery. Civil Surgery. Okay. Yes. And on, upon first listen, I didn't think it was anything special. But they took a similar direction to Clark Gable and went into this awesome breakdown in like the last 45 seconds. And you weren't ready for it. Yeah, I wasn't ready for it at all. And it's different from Clark Gable because Clark Gable is a lot more heavier. Yeah. It's more influenced by metal and hardcore. Rather than Civil Surgery, it has more of a lighter feel. It's kind of more, um, it's kind of more punk than hardcore and metal. If huh. that makes sense. Yeah. It's, and they have better horn lines for that one, I feel. I like them better than on Clark Gable. And it's just really awesome. I also really like Womb Envy as well. Although, I wouldn't... It's kind of a unfinished track. It says here that all songs are written except Womb Envy. So, I think... I believe it's a cover. Oh. Um, but, yeah. It's just more of an interlude, rather. But I still really like it. Like, I mean, Food takes... Uh, lead on this song as well and he does some fun stuff yeah he it. does some fun stuff i really like his singing as well no hate to mike but i also have to talk about mike here because mike is kind of the driver of this entire thing he's everybody if everybody's like the pedals of the car mike is in the front seat driving okay and i say that because mike is not only the singer of this band but he also runs a record label he runs a record yes label. he is he's centered wow. he's moved away from dc and moved to what i believe to be baltimore Okay. Um, and he centers a lot of the record label stuff there, but he signed a bunch of awesome ska bands like I'd shout out Thirsty Guys, Cat Bite. I think We Are the Union are on the label. I think. Wow, so um, he, he's going for it. Yeah, he's going for it, and the dude's awesome. The stuff that he's done for ska is amazing, and I I really respect him for it. It's just awesome. Go, Mike. Exactly. Okay, so that was the first record. Um, okay, so you got Clinton. another one? Yes, Some... this next one is by Jeff Rosenstock. Jeff Rosenstock. So yes. is this one guy or is this a whole band? As um, well? I'd argue it's a solo project. He has a backing band called Death Rosenstock. Is, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty sick. It's made up of him on guitars. Then he's got Dan Pothast playing acoustic guitars, keyboards. He also contributes vocals. Um, then you got John De Domen Domenici? Domenici. Yeah, I don't know how that would be said. It's on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Right there. Dom Domenc Domen 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 Domenci. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for that. Whatever, John. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, John. <laughs> He's on bass. Then we got Mike. Not the same Mike, but... A different Mike. Mike Hugen or 
okay. nor by on guitars and vocals and you got Kevin Higuchi, Higuchi on drums. Then you got a bunch of additional personnel playing a bunch of other stuff, but so well, it's, it's the one dude writing all the songs and everything and this is just the, yeah. the guys he plays with. Yeah, Jeff Rosenstock uh, sings, he can also play guitar, he plays keyboards on the record, he mixed the entire thing. Holy Frey. <laughs> and he can play the saxophone from what I know as well. That is impressive. It's pretty crazy. The dude's a monster. He's played in previous bands that I really like. My first exposure to him was with Bomb the Music Industry. I was talking about how much I like Bomb Scott. the Music Industry. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, awesome name. That I, is a name and a half. Yeah, um, yeah, I first heard of him listening to Bomb the Music Industry. Um, I was just getting into ska at the time because he's he's pretty he's a pretty big figure in the ska scene. Okay. He makes kind of more pop punk style power pop music with his solo music. Um, but yeah, I was listening to him and I was like, wow, this is really good. And I've kind of been following the guy a little bit every time, but I haven't listened to another record from his in a while. Until this came out. Exactly. So now I'm going to talk about No Dream. Now, No Dream is a record that came out that was recorded during quarantine. So how long is this one? I can tell. This one is 40 minutes and 14 seconds. Okay. Um, and you know, I think it's a really great record. Um, Jeff Rosenstock, a lot of Jeff Rosen Rosenstock's lyrics focus on the personal and financial plights of most millennials. Okay. Um, he came up during a time in which uh, a lot, he was facing a lot of financial hardship, especially since he was playing with most of his bands, which weren't getting a lot of pop popularity. Yeah. But um, a lot of this stuck because Rosenstock has um, what's a lot of people consider a DIY ethic. A DIY, okay. Yes, with his previous band, Bomb the Music Industry, a lot of it was DIY based. He was playing all these shows. A lot of the tickets for his shows weren't more than $7, $10. So it's just DIY, they mean more like, more like accessible? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. A lot of one thing that is interesting about Bob and the Music Industry is that doing research for this, I read that a lot for Bomb the Music Industry's projects, they just let anyone come on stage. Really? If you knew how to play the song and you had an instrument with you, you could come on stage and play the song with them. That's awesome. I thought that was really awesome too. And they also never made any t-shirts from I Could Tell. They brought stencils with them on tour and uh, their fans would bring their own t-shirts to and get you stenciled. Stencil. Yeah, exactly. That is crazy. I think that's so cool. And I have a lot of respect for Rosenstock for doing something like that because, you know, it shows that you don't need like a big major label to help you out with this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of his songs kind of reflect those same financial and personal plights that him as a millennial have gone through. One of my personal favorites songs or no i'll start with the first song actually the song is called no time it's a 54 second punk rager oh my um talking about how um jeff and a lot of millennials his age um were coming up in a time where they didn't have they just had to get right to work to do stuff to get stuff done you know they didn't have time to do other stuff but rather just to work yeah you know? and a lot of it's it's kind of saddening in a way like uh jeff's Jeff's viewpoint through a lot of his songs are kind of uh, pessimistic, but it makes sense, you know, because especially with the things he's had to do just to... to stay afloat as a man, it's it's not easy to be a musician. Yeah, exactly. There are a lot of awesome songs on here, too, that focus, that don't even focus on that that are great. Scram is another great one that I love it's instrumental for. It has a quirky drum machine sequence beat, okay. and then the guitars come in, or no, the bass line, rather, kind of with a... You know, head bobby one, just kind of a, yeah, a, a groovy one. Okay, groovy. Yeah, it's it's not groovy in the way that I think you're thinking, but it's kind of um, it's like what I said, quirky. Okay, yeah. You know, it's kind of hipstery. 
okay. that makes sense. Yeah. Um, other songs I like on this record include Airbnb. I showed this yeah, one to you before. Good. Good I love that song. I've been listening to it so much. I've been listening to No Dream on repeat. Um, for a while now, and it's just a fantastic song. The keyboards sound awesome, especially in sequence and tandem with Jeff's vocals. Yeah. They sound really great. And the song is essentially talking about how he's talking from the perspective, or he's rather talking to a variety of characters, like he mentioned Sam and Al in the different verses, how these people are like getting are rented or renting out um, an Airbnb stand, you know? Yeah. It's very interesting. And then there are two songs that I'd credit as a closer. Um, Honeymoon Ashtray and Ohio Turnpike. Honeymoon Ashtray. Yes. I'd argue Honeymoon Ashtray is the weaker of the two. Okay. But that doesn't mean it's a bad song. I swear really like listening to it. Ohio Turnpike is this big grand finisher. It's the longest song on the record. Okay. At, um, almost six minutes. Ooh. Um, and it ends with this really grand, you know, just kind of like makes you th- sit and think back all the things that I just went through and seen throughout this record, you know? Yeah. It's like a, it's a closer. Yeah, it's it's a really epic closer. I think it's really great. Other highlights include State Line. It kind of has these um, these kind of scronky little bit high pitched guitars that come in through the beginning and um, stay throughout the entire song. Okay. And they're really great that way. I think it's it's less punk influenced as it is um, alternative rock. It's something that could have probably came out in the '90s and probably would have <laughs> um, would have would have flown off the tree. Yeah, stuck out. Another one would be Fame. Okay. Yes, that's another good one. Um, the so- that song ends with these layered vocals. There's a bunch of people credited on here um, for backing vocals. That oh, includes they just had a bunch of people. Singing. Yeah, they just had a bunch of people going. That includes Chris Farin, Laura Stevenson. Um, it appears. Oh, they had a trombonist on that track. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Um, yeah, Gilbert Arm- Armendariz, Angelina Banda, just a bunch of, just people, a bunch of people that were doing a bunch of stuff on that song. Huh. Um, and, you know, it's still really awesome. Um, there's also another song on here that cl- clocks in at around the same time as No Time called Monday at the Beach. The same time as yeah. No Time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get it. Big brain. Yeah, Monday at the Beach is just kind of about um, enjoying a, what seems to be a nice day at the beach on a Monday. On a Monday. <laughs> yeah. Huh. And I can't finish this off without talking about old crap. Old crap. Yes, that <laughs> song's really great. I just love the, t- the names. <laughs> yeah, the titles of all these songs are uh, pretty unique. I'll say that. And the much. bad names. It's just all great. <laughs> Old crap starts <laughs> off as a uh, with a folk punk intro. Okay. I don't think I've talked about folk punk before, but it's typically just folk music with the energy of like the... punk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really interesting that way, and there's a lot of great artists that I really like. I'll have to, to I'll have to try it out. Yeah, and then. It sounds yeah. interesting. It's really cool. I'd recommend the Violent Femmes. They're awesome. The Violent Femmes. <laughs> An- another brilliant name. <laughs> I just every single one of them. It's, it's awesome. like everyone makes fun of like band names and you can just pick literally anything, but like this goes to prove <laughs> it. Like yeah, Exactly. I mean Jeff's backing band is just called Death Rosenstein. Yeah. It's, it's super cool though. Like I dig it. I just band names or something else, man. <laughs> yeah, old crap starts with a folk punk in, folk punk intro, and then the electronics kick in, and it's just building and building. And the guitar melody that comes in at the end is just super catchy. And Jeff even even says, "So sing along, but you know, it's yeah. just it's just super epic, and it sounds uh, that way as well." Okay, so try it out. Pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. 
Okay, so the last record I have to talk to you guys about is the fourth studio album. Fourth I think. studio it's album. It's called RTJ4. And if that didn't give you a clue, we're talking about RTJ4 by Run the Jewels. Run the Jewels. Yeah, yeet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also showed another song from this album for Cooper. If you guys don't know, Run the Jewels is a hip-hop duo consisting of Atlanta rapper Killer Mike... Killer Mike's been in the game for a while. Okay. Um, he started from one of my first, uh, what's it called? Like interactions. Yeah, interactions with Killer Mike was on an Outcast record. If you guys don't know Outcast, they're the best Southern rap group of all time. The best Southern rap group. Just saying, okay. Okay. I heard him on one of his records, and I've known LP for a while too. I remember hearing him uh, through Atmosphere, who are a. So both of these hip-hop artists have been in quite a few other bands uh yeah i guess you could say so although nah, no killer lp hasn't been in atmosphere he's known as a producer up until oh well i've known him as a producer up until what's it called run the jewels but so i this is his first non-producing band yeah from what i can understand okay. yeah i remember hearing about him because i was looking for recommendations from atmosphere if you guys don't know atmosphere is a minnesotan hip-hop duo who are awesome i love their music as well um but i was just trying to find more recommendations and lp kept kept coming up and he had done production for a group called company flow okay which are pretty good i haven't listened to much of their music but from what i understand they sound pretty awesome uh, but those are my interactions with each artist, and I heard about RTJ through... I'm, I'm going to get made fun of for this. I heard about RTJ through Anthony Fantano, who's a popular music critic on YouTube. I like watching his videos. Dude, They're cool. Why are you getting made... Is he not, like, popular with he's, a lot of he's, people? Oh, from my understanding, he's seen as, like, a hipster. A hipster? Okay. He, I can see that. I can see why, too. He kind of looks the part. He has, like, glasses. He has, like, flannels and stuff. Oh, he, he does the whole, Does he have the beard? Well, he doesn't have the beard, but, like, sometimes he has mustaches. Okay. He just looks like a hipster. I see it. I could show you a picture real quick. I think you could, uh... Appreciate that he is. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I, and I, that's... I, yeah. That's not a knock against him. I mean, I really like his content, but I could just see why people would disregard him as a, uh person who um he does kind of nerdy his, yeah he's <laughs> not too bad yeah his he a lot of people have referred to him as his nickname melon because melon. his head kind of well because <laughs> his head kind of looks like a melon i can especially I mean, see why his, yeah in that picture his head's kind of shiny um in this picture as well but you know He's cool. He is cool. Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. <laughs> RTJ4 has a lot of great tracks on it. Um, from my understanding, LP's still doing production along with the rapping on this record. And a lot of his um, production is very rock and industri industrially influenced. There's a lot of things that go into it. If you listen to their past records, you can definitely pick that out. And I think it's less prevalent here. But you can definitely hear it on different tracks like just featuring Pharrell Williams and former Rage Against the Machine vocalist Zach De La Roca. Wow, those are some pretty big names. There. I know, exactly. So I know Zach De La Roca has been collaborating with uh, RTJ for a while, and LP was actually supposed to uh, produce his solo record. Really? Yes, but that hasn't come out yet. Okay. There is a single that was released from it, I think, called Digging for Windows. I remember listening to that back in 2014. That's been a hot minute. I know, it's been a while, and it's still not out. I'm still waiting for it, LP, so come on, talk to Zach <laughs> or something. I want to hear that, okay? Oh. <laughs> there are a lot of great records. Oh, can I ask, why is his name LP? Or is that just... 
the GCSLP. I actually don't know. I, I label know. producer. Yeah, I, I, he's just kind of a record producer, but I don't know why his name is LP. Interesting. Um, I think it's a cool name though. I dig it. You could ask the same well, thing yeah. about Killer Mike. But I, if I ever become like a band member or something, or in, I'm, I need a nickname here. Yeah, for real. Like, um, you know what? For you, I think I would give you uh, a. <laughs> Uh, uh, that laugh is not encouraging <laughs> at all. Uh, double O. Double O. <laughs> <laughs> well, your name is Cooper, and that has two O's, doesn't it? That's true. I, I guess I can see where you're coming from. Uh, just double O in the house. Yo, yeah, yo, I can, I can throw some beats for your, um, for your raps, bro. Uh, I don't know about that, but okay. <laughs> okay. I have to work on my freestyle a little bit here. Yeah. Skimming through his Wikipedia page, LP, it says here, was kicked out of high school and went to a musical engineering school called Center for the Media Arts in Manhattan instead of high school. Huh. So it sounds like he's pretty creatively based. Yeah. The first song is called Yankee and the Brave. That's the intro. And I think you can, you know, kind of see the references, um... LPs from New York, New York, and their baseball team is the New York the Yankees. Yankees. Yeah, and uh, the I think the baseball team in Atlanta is the Braves. So oh, makes so sense. They're baseball yeah. people. It sounds like it. I know one line that comes to me in the song "Close Your Eyes" with Zach De La Roca on RTJ Two is. Um, LP talks about how he wears his hat so tilted he walks with a hunch. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, songs on here are just generally fiery. The so, uh, this album was released in the aftermath of the George Floyd killings on yeah. May 25th. So a lot of the songs are politically charged. They're kind of fiery. They're, they kind of have a, a punchy quality to them. Yeah. And Killer Mike even delivers this very elaborate and long verse on the song Walking in the Snow. That's very deep. And like when he was done with it, I was like, damn. Damn. Dude, you're just spitting truth. Like, my gosh. Like, okay. Dude, just absolutely went in. And I'll probably play you the song after this. And I wish I could play it for you guys. But Killer Mike just absolutely goes in on it. One of my favorite songs on the record, personally, though, was The Ground Below. And it's unfortunate because initially I thought it was kind of forgettable. You know, it's only two minutes and a half. Can easily be seen as like a short interlude song that didn't come in the way of much. Yeah. But I think it's a really cool track. The beat goes hard, it has a head bobbing quality to it. Yeah. The I chorus was, is really sticky. The, that's the one you showed me, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was it was something. I was not ready for that. Yeah, I know. I, I kind of picture it something like an action movie. You oh, know, for like sure. something I can that could be see that. Yeah. yeah, something that could be in like um I don't know, like just like any action movie that came out in the past two or three years. Um, yeah, for sure. I can see that. Yeah, and uh, well, the final track on the record, A Few Words for the Firing Squad, ends with this kind of... <laughs> <laughs> the names that they can't I know, be. they keep getting you, man. <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> it, it kind of ends with a um, more psychedelic turn. You have kind of these wavy kind of guitars coming in that kind of glide the record out. But one of the tracks on here, titled Pulling the Pin, featuring famous soul singer and rock guitarist Mavis Staples and Josh Homme. Wow. Josh Homme plays in Queens of the Stone Age. I haven't listened to much of their music, but from what I can tell, they're pretty awesome guys. Okay. Mavis Staples, I haven't listened to much of her music either, but she is a I very... I like I've, I've heard of her before, Yeah, though. she's a very iconic soul singer. Very yeah. popular in, like, the 60s, 70s, you know, making her own scent. And, you know, it's awesome that she's getting an appearance here. Yeah, and that's the, crazy. Yeah, the track is really great. Josh Homme's guitar looks are really awesome. Mavis Staples' vocals come out really well, and they're very fleshed out, very huh. textured with the beat. And LP and Killer Mike, they kind of take a little bit of a backseat to let both shine in a way. Their yeah. verses are a lot more understated 
a lot more subtle. They aren't as punchy as like on the ground below like I showed you, or even on Just, like I talked about there as well. But you know, it's still really great. It's cool that they it's always fun to see those collabs. Yeah, it's very, it's pretty crazy. And I can't go, I can't finish this album talk without talking about one of my favorite lines on the record that I talked to you about. On the song Out of Sight featuring 2 Chains. 2 Chains says, what does he say? <laughs> Your I'll, favorite moment of the yeah, whole record. I'll buy a hot dog stand if I'm being frank. <laughs> Such a good. It's just good way verses. too good, man. Just way too good. That's something else. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for sharing. Of course, man. Well, so earlier I talked about how I went camping this last weekend, right? Yeah. Um, so we went up to the Apostle Islands, which are a bunch of islands off the, just north, off the coast of Wisconsin in Lake Superior, right? Yeah. Um, so we had fun. It was, it was a long weekend. We went up Thursday and got back Monday. Okay. It was fun. It was packed. There were so many people, which <laughs> I was very surprised about. I was like... Huh. I didn't expect that. You think and then that I realized, made people go camping. Yeah, but then I realized, like, right now, the only safe thing to do, or camping is one of the few safe, like, safe, <laughs> quote unquote, safe yeah. things to do. But it's also, <laughs> like, it's also the, one of the only things that are still open right now. Yeah. So I guess it kind of makes sense. So where did you guys go camping? Did you guys find like a national park or? It was it was, it was uh it was just like a private campsite. Um, it was about a mile from Bayfield, Wisconsin, which okay. is like the town on the mainland part. Um, and so, but we did, the first day we took a ferry across to the biggest island, or not the biggest island, one of the islands, Madeline Island, which is like the most like tourist one and the okay. only one out of all the islands that is not part of the national park. Okay. All the others are national park land. So you have to, there's no ferries that go to them. You have to get your own boat ride there. Okay. Um, and stuff like that. But this one, there's a ferry that goes to it. There's some houses there and stuff, and there's a little town. But we went there and we biked to the, like the, across the island, which was a lot of fun. And then we did some cliff jumping. Whoa! Yeah, that sounds freaky, man. Into Superior. It was scary. It was a, it was a little scary, but it wasn't. Um, we were we were in a spot where we weren't like that high. It was like ten feet, maybe fifteen feet. But, um, and you could tell that there was, it was like deep enough. Yeah. The worst part though, is so cold, man. Lake Superior <laughs> is cold. Oh, you jumped in the Superior? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that sounds crazy, man. It was so much fun though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was fun. And then, but here, here's the part I want to tell you about. Okay. Right? Okay. So on the second day, right? Yeah. We went on this like, um, kayaking, like two way thing, right? Yeah. As you do. Um, and so we were in a we were in, we were in a group of about twenty people. Okay. Who, like that's how big of the group we went camping with. It's a bunch of like family friends and stuff. Um, and so we like first of all, okay, right? It's a whole adventure. First okay. we like we're like okay, we want, we're going kayaking, right? This is gonna be fun. And so we're like one of the the parents like booked it and everything. And they're like okay, this is the address we need to go to. Okay. And so we drove over to it, right? We could not find it for the life of us. It, it, <laughs> the address that it wanted us to go to was a casino, right? Okay. And so we're like, it's a little weird, but maybe it's like the, there was like a dock or like behind the casino. So we went down there and we we're looking and no, not there. And then we like, and then we looked around, we, we went to, uh, we thought maybe like we saw a sign for another, a different kayak place. We we're like, maybe that's it. Maybe we were just like 
looking at Ron. Nope, not it. <laughs> I'd be like, drove it, drive around for like a good 15 minutes trying to find this place, okay. right? <laughs> and then the the person who like, who, who like booked the reservation looked on the website again. But the other thing was that um, it was like just outside of cell service. So we were trying to like oh look gosh. stuff up. We couldn't. <laughs> but Crazy. she finally got it to like look up and she found that we had to go through a campsite down to this random like docking place but there were no signs for it so that was the first part of the <laughs> we could not find this this wow. casino this boat it was like a boat oh, launch okay. for the life of us okay. this like little beach thing but okay we finally like get there and we like get all our, our kayaks together and yep. stuff um and so we're kayaking it was super fun it was like really calm that, that day which was awesome and it's just i like kayaking yeah but we were kayaking along and then uh one of the like things about this tour is that there was a shipwreck and so he was like oh. he was like oh we're about to come up to and i was like i was looking around because i was like surely i could see it from here <laughs> looking around and then i looked down and i'm right above the shipwreck <laughs> <laughs> it was the most terrifying thing i have ever seen in my life oh my gosh <laughs> but because like so it was like higher the lake is a little higher this year so we yeah. are like once just over it but on on years when the lake is low like the ship sticks out of the water. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> ask if it stuck out at all. Like no, you're just, but, you're just... so it's like a foot down or a foot or two down, and yeah. but you can't like see it until you're like right above it, yeah. and it's like all green and like mossy and stuff. And it's <laughs> yeah. so creepy, but <laughs> but it wasn't that creepy once you hear the story of how this ship uh, sunk, right? Okay. So this area of Wisconsin, it was a logging like area, right? Mm-hmm. And so there was a, a ship like I think it was, I think he said it was like in the 1800s. I think maybe the 1900s, sometime in the past, <laughs> okay. right? There was a ship, it was bringing logs from one area to another area, and it was going through this like strait. So there was like the mainland was like where we started, and then there was about two miles out to this island, right? Yeah. And so they were driving right through the middle. And all of a sudden, there was an electrical malfunction and a fire started, right? Okay. And so the ship burst into flame. Oh my gosh! And all crazy. the all the like ship hands are like rushing to like dive overboard, <laughs> but the, the captain says no. If you jump off right now, you're not gonna make it to shore. We're too far away. Yeah. So this captain <laughs> he steers a flaming ship <laughs> closer to shore, oh and, every, my gosh. and then once they're close enough, everyone jumps out and they everyone survives. Oh my gosh! Right, this man, <laughs> dude, came in clutch though. Like, I know. For real. Right? Wow. And so that's so it's like creepy to look at, but the story is like <laughs> yeah, all it's, right. It's pretty it's pretty uh, Yeah. Pretty crazy, man. It's like that sounds like some pirates of the Caribbean. I know, that's what like, I was saying. Like, I could, that should have happened in like the Black Pearl or something, because that would have been sick. I know. And so I was like just like this this is like one heck of a captain. I know, like I well, do you know the captain's name? No, that's all I got from it was yeah. that they steered a flaming ship closer to the And the tour guide told you about the story. Yeah. Oh, okay. So who was your um who was your camping group? Yeah, okay, so we go camping with this group like quite often. Yeah. Um my parents, right? They have friends from college, right? Yeah. And so there's four families. Um and, and the the Dorners, the Stavidals, the Olden Camps, and the Allens, my family. Okay. And so we call ourselves Soda. <laughs> which, I don't know about that yeah. name. But you know, it is are what you, it is. Are you guys going to make, like, cool t-shirts We have stuff? cool t-shirts Oh my stuff. god! <laughs> I know, makes it even worse, but it's good stuff. It's okay, good stuff. Okay. Um, and so there's, like, there's 
there's like the two parents from each so there's eight adults and there's 12 kids right yeah the youngest one just got just started sixth grade and the oldest is like 24 right now okay. or 25 or something and so there's like a pretty big group of us yeah yeah and yeah we just have fun like we always do like we always do like new year's together and stuff mm-hmm. and we always go camping a few yeah. times a year just a fire party man fire party yeah <laughs> flaming party flaming flaming yeah. ship party <laughs> just imagine yeah, that i know like, like it must be it must have been just terrifying right and uh, yeah just, do you think the captain was right though that they wouldn't have been able to make it to shore would you be able to swim, swim a mile uh, exactly. I don't think I would be able yeah, to. I think the silence answers my question. I, don't, I think probably. I mean, it was also at night. They yeah. said it was at night, so like you can't really tell if you jump off and you're not close to shore. You can't tell which way yeah, to go. You wouldn't have been able to see. Yeah. Plus, the water was probably cold too. Like it. Yeah. Have, it, it's like, cold. Hypothermia. Yeah. Just free froze. Yes, and die and suffer. Sounds like a heck of a trip, man. Like. Yeah. Crazy. So the ship was. Just right under the water. Yeah, you what could you... literally, like, you could just see it. Like, it was so weird. Wow. It was awesome. So trippy. I wish I could do something like that. It was in Superior? Yeah, Lake Superior. Oh. There's, yeah, Lake Superior is crazy. They have a lot of, like, shipwrecks in yeah, Lake Superior. Uh, when I took my trip to Duluth a couple weeks ago, we just drove past the, like, we never went to, like, close to it or went to the sea or anything. But they, yeah, they have a shipwreck up by Duluth that you can see. But apparently, also, a lot of shipwrecks are never recovered because of how deep Lake Superior is. Oh. People don't realize it, but Lake Superior is really, really, really deep. Really? And it's it's the biggest, um, it's the biggest Great Lake, both by volume, because of how deep it is. But I think it's also by, like, um, distance across it or something. Yeah. Michigan is bigger by surface area, I think. But okay. it's not as big by like volume. Google tells me the max depth of Lake Superior is one thousand three hundred thirty-two. Imagine that. That's it's... absolutely insane. So that's one thousand three hundred thirty-two feet. Yeah. Crazy. That's I can't like. Can't even imagine that. Yeah. Just ima- like just, just, just picture like you're falling. You just fell out of your Before kayak. It's... No life jacket. Yeah, that's like taller than like any skyscraper. I think. Most skyscrapers, at least. Yeah. There's another lake over here when I searched up Shakes Lake Superior called Lake uh, Baikal. Ba- ba- it's Russian. I don't know how to what pronounce is this? it. It's Lake Baikal or whatever. It's an ancient lake in the Russian region of Siberia. It's 5,380. Oh, that one's deeper? Yeah, way deeper than Lake Michigan. Yeah, for real. Oh my gosh. There's, why is it so deep here? It's located in an active continental rift zone. Oh, so it's just like that. <laughs> That's funny. What, what just, is a continental rift? So it's rift like we're two continents, so you, like te- tectonic plates, right? Yeah. There's like these giant like like plate things all over the earth, and it's where they meet. So that's where like, it's basically just like a scar in the earth is where this lake is. Crazy. It also says the rift is widening at a rate of about an inch per year. Oh, so it's getting bigger. Yeah, it's getting deeper as well as wider through subsidence. So it's going to be a lot wider and deeper in the future. That is crazy. I know. Pretty nuts, man. Yeah, but it, so it's good stuff. Yeah, quite good stuff. It's been a good one. Yes, bro. It's been a, a really great episode today. Yes. I, we're done now. Yeah. Until next time. I'm Ephraim. And I'm Cooper. And, and this, this is, is the Ephraim, Ephraim Cooper, Cooper Allen Show. Allen Show.